Hi, welcome to the Axe Church UK weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired and blessed by today's message. Enjoy. I won't give you two scriptures. If you're taking notes today, uh, the title of today's message is called Standard Issue. Uh, and I want to give you two scriptures. The first scripture is found in Isaiah chapter 59, verse 19. And the second scripture is Romans 12, verse 1. And we'll be bouncing back and forth between these two scriptures because we believe that God is wanting to speak to us as a church and also as individuals. Amen? How many know that the church is made out of individuals? When God speaks to the church, He's not speaking to the building. He's not speaking to the pulpit. He's not just speaking to the pastor. He's speaking to us, every single one of us. You know, when every single one of us, we begin to grow and we get revived, the whole church gets revived. Amen? And so, Isaiah chapter 59, verse 19, I was seeking God. God, I'm excited. I want to do more. I thank you for all these changed lives. God, I want to impact more people. God, we're we're here to make a difference. God, you didn't create your church to be a, a, a little insulated Christian club that, that, that meets every Sunday. No, no, we're, we're meant to be a lifehouse. We're meant to be a, a, a rescue boat, you know, uh, picking up lost people along the way, you know, just clothing them, feeding them, and getting them back on track with God again. And so God dropped this almost like a hint of the plans that He has in store for us as a church. And also, Uchizi, brother, if you can flash up Isaiah 59 verse 19, it says this, So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west, and His glory from the rising of the sun. I'm going to pause there here for a while. We'll keep this uh, posted up. How many know that we're in the West? Duh, of course, right? So just in case you didn't know, Europe's in the West, Asia's in the East. And so, you know, I, I was being go, God, how? And God says that, you know, actress, UK, London, Bristol, Edinburgh, you guys are, are in the West. And so I've got a strategy for the West. And I've also got a strategy for the East. How many know that God has strategies all around to impact and to grow the church? And so God says that, you know, this is what I want to do. I want my name to be feared. And whenever the Bible talks about fear of the Lord, it's not talking about, I'm scared of God. Not, not the same fear as I'm scared of cockroach, okay? So don't think the fear of the Lord is like when you see, you know, you don't have Jesus phobia. It's not like the moment you see the cross, you go, eh, you know, if you do, maybe you're a vampire. Uh, but, but, you know, it says here, uh, fear, fear meaning that revere, respect, honor given. And so, you know, it says here, you know, as I was meditating uh, for this message today, uh, for God's message to us for our church, it says that, so they shall fear the name of the Lord from the West. And, and, and I can't help it because it's true. In the West, in, in our culture today, in the modern Western culture, the name of Jesus is not respected. The name of Jesus is a swear word. I, I, I hate it. It hurts me. You know, just yesterday, we were ministering, going to minister in, in Bristol. We took a train uh, because I had a guest, so we wanted to treat the guest well, you know. Uh, so, brought the train. Didn't want to subdue him to the National Express bus. Uh, and, and, and so, we took a train and at one of the stops, uh, people were taking a little bit longer getting off the train. And there was this lady, local, and uh, she was like, oh, you know, and she's complaining. I can feel that she's got, you know, just just in a bad mood. And she's like, oh, you know, and she said this, don't, this don't, don't people know that some people have places to be? I'm like, oh, wow. Someone's grouchy. I'm like, and they can all oh, understand you, you know. I, I, you know as, as usual, I pretended to put on my headphones to, to pretend I didn't hear anything, but I could hear it. The complaint was so loud, I could hear it. And, and so she's like, oh, don't, can they, can they walk faster? And then she said the name Jesus, but not in the pleasing way, but in a swear word way, in a way where we hear it used in movies, in a, in a way we hear it used in the pubs and the clubs and in every day, you know, like, like, like and, and I, it, it hurts me because I'm like, how, it, in the Western culture, the, the European culture is so PC, so politically correct. You can't use certain words, you can't use certain words, but and people are so sensitive about certain words that you can use or you can't use. But how come the name of Jesus that billions of people find so much peace in? Billions of people find so much hope in. Billions of people who find healing in the name of Jesus can be used by people as a swear word, as an expression of anger and disgust and frustration. And, and, and they just walk away like it's nothing. And, and it hurts me. And, 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 and that's why I know what God is trying to say. You know, there, there's something... That has that, that there's respect that has dissipated. 
in the name of Jesus. And God wants us to be a church, a people that will do our part to restore fear in the name of Jesus. And I'm not asking you to go out and start enforcing martial law and go, you say, if you use the name of Jesus one more time. No, not that. But, but, but to bring back respect and honour. And every time in the Bible you see fear of the Lord, you see it preceded by great miracles. Every time Jesus did something supernatural that people can't explain, it says, and great fear entered the city. And then and, and the fear of the Lord, you know, came on people's heart when they saw dead people rise again. The fear of the Lord, when they saw, you know, the Red Sea part of the fear of the Lord. Every time God did something that logic and science cannot explain, people's respect. Because they might not be able to, I don't, I don't care, oh wow, I don't know what it is about the name of Jesus, but, but there's power. You know, I, 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 might, I don't know about this Christianity, but there's something about the name of Jesus that, that I can't use as a swear word anymore. I can't, that's, that's, don't mess, don't mess. There's power in the name of Jesus. Don't mess with the name of Jesus. And I sense that God wants to do that. God wants to bring a, a, a Holy Spirit revival. You know, because I, I, as I'm walking, because I love London, I'm walking the streets, and then God is telling me that this, this city, this nation has become an expert in boxing God up. And, 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 and God is, 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 is here, this corner, and let's just box God up, and God's no longer relevant in all these areas. So, so God, stay in your box called church, stay in your box called tradition, that we open up during Easter, that we open up during Christmas, and even now on Christmas, they don't open up Jesus anymore. And, and, and God is, you know, people are saying that, yeah, God stay in your box, but God says that I cannot be boxed. And I'm, I'm looking for a church that would, would unbox me. How many of you want to be a church that unboxes God? Amen. And, 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 and I know this personally because, you know, today I stand before you as a pastor, and, but, but not too long ago, you know, in 2003, I was a campus student. And my first experience of the UK was when I was studying in Sheffield. But it was also when I studied in Sheffield that I experienced in my personal life one of the strongest moves of the Holy Spirit in my personal life. You know, if, if you were to ask me, you know, Pastor, how do you fine-tune hearing from God? You know, how do you know when God is speaking? You know, when was your first experience? I'll always tell you, it was in my university years. And, and, and in my uni years, some of you know this story, I'll, I'll just quickly repeat it, you know. And in my uni years, I still remember one, one day, you know, because we can come to church and we go, God, use me, God, use me, God, use me, right? And, and how many know that God actually takes us up on a challenge? It's just that we don't take God up on His challenge. So many times when you say, God, use me in worship, you know, all I have is yours. All I'm standing for is all you are. Sorry, I'm not good for this. It's all that you are. Right, we sang the song. The time has come to stand for all we believe in. We're like, wow. And then when you walk out, church, do you know that God says, the time has come. And the time is now. Would you stand for all that you believe in? And then we go like, God, I got exams next week, God. Can we reschedule, God? God, you don't understand. I got a date this afternoon, God. God, I need my time for the time has come. I know you say the time has come, so the time has come. I want to use you. I want to move in your life. God, let me take a nap first. And that's why there's no power. I'm not afraid if people are silent in church today because it's going to be an ouch message. But I pray that if it ouches, just say ouch. Amen? And just at least be honest and let the, the truth set you free. And say, God, ouch, but God set me free from that area. And so, you know, same thing. One day, and then I was going back from a prayer meeting and God says that you, you prayed, God use me, God, you want to be sensitive to me, are you ready to be used by me? And I was walking back, I go, God, is that you? That's a very fast reply, God. Sometimes we get, we, we are surprised at how fast God takes us up on our challenge. We think that, oh, I'm not good enough. God, you only use me when I'm 30. God, you only use me after I'm getting married. God, you only use me after I finish reading the Bible. No, God takes you up on your word, okay? But we have a choice. And so I was walking, and I go like, yeah, God, do it. And God says, are you ready? I say, do it, Lord. We have a, we have a choice to, to engage with God. And so I say, God, do it. And then as I was walking past a pizza shop, God says, I want you to go into the pizza shop and buy two of the largest pizzas, two of the most expensive pizzas. I want you to buy them extra, extra large, 20-inch pizzas. And I want you to buy the one that has all the meat inside. Every meat conceivable by man is on that piece of pizza. And I want you to top it up with extra cheese because nobody likes pizza with not enough cheese. And all people who love extra cheese on their pizza say? Yes. Amen. Well, first time! First time! Oh! 
Lordy, Lordy, Lord. Oh, man. First time. I've been preaching so hard. And first time, the whole church says, Amen. <laughs> Friends, it's Jesus, not Jesus, okay? Just, just, just putting it out there. Just putting it out there, okay? Anyway, so I went in there and I was like, oh, and I wasn't a rich student. And so, and, and, and I knew how much it would cost. It would cost me that whole weeks of grocery money because I was, I, was, I was a scrounger. You know, I, I, I'm a bargain hunter. <laughs> uh, some of you in church, you understand that, you know. Uh, and, and, but, but when it comes to God, but you, you see, God will always challenge us. And so I go like, okay, God, I don't know what you're doing in this. And God says, just buy it. I bought it. And I had some spare change left. And then I walked past a convenience shop. God says, and now with the spare change, go into that convenience shop. I want you to buy two of the largest bottles of Coke. So I bought two, two liter Cokes. And they were in plastic bag. It was so heavy and it started to snow because it's during winter that you're carrying stuff that's so heavy that it cuts your fingers. How many of you understand what I'm saying? You, you carry, you know, and your, your, your hand becomes like a claw. And so I was there, there pizza. I was thinking, God, where are you going? He said, I want you to go to a house where all your friends that you hope to one day bring to church where they're living, I want you to go to that house and knock on that door. And at that time, I was so poor. This is how poor I was. I didn't have a mobile phone. And so I couldn't even call them in advance to go like, are you in? And I thought, okay, God, if this doesn't work out, if this is not you, uh, I will have to eat pizza for the rest of this week because I got no more money for groceries. And number two, I will have learned that that's not the voice of God. So I still learn something. Amen. Always have a positive outlook with God. You still learn something. And so I went there, and so I knocked on the door by faith. And then before I know it, the door opened, and my friends were there. And they were like, what are you doing here? I go like, oh, uh, uh, in the neighborhood. Because they wouldn't understand that God asked me to go buy pizza. And I was, I was in the neighborhood. Oh, you got food? I'm like, yeah. Oh, wow. Thank God. Non-believers. But somehow that simple act of faith out of their mouth came praise. Thank God. God's starting to win. And so I go like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, no, we had late classes today. And so by the time we finished classes, we had the, all the grocery shops had closed. This is not London where things open for long. This is up north where things close at six. And so no, no, by the time we go there, it's like we, 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 we had no groceries and the only thing left in the whole house, five Malaysian girls staying there, and the only thing left in the whole house is one packet of instant noodle. <laughs> and we were thinking of how do we cook this instant noodle and divide it by five. And I know that that's impossible when it comes to five Malaysian girls. <laughs> anyway, so, love food, love food. And, and, and so, wow, so I was like an answer to a prayer that they didn't pray. How many know that when you begin to say yes to God, God's going to use you, God's going to connect you with the Holy Spirit, and people will start seeing you different, people will start experiencing the reality of God. <clears throat> so, long story short, I went and we had a great time eating. And then they asked, oh, where, where were you? You say your neighbor, where do you come from? I said, oh, I, I just came back from church. And then before I say, you know, would you like to come with me to church? Or even, you know, do you know who Jesus is? One of the girls immediately said, can I follow you to church? And this girl is not a believer. This girl is, if you have some friends, and God bless all our friends, but some, some of them, you know, we, we, we have some friends that are really mild-mannered. And then we've got some friends that are like, you know, wild child. And so... This friend was like, you know, yeah. Anyway, so, but she says, can I follow you to church? I've always wanted to go to church. I want to follow the church. And so that Sunday, she went to church. And then she came back and you know what she said? Not a believer at the time. And she says that, I didn't know church could be so fun. I didn't know there could be so much laughter in church. I didn't know there could be so much connection in church. I didn't know church was so real. I thought church was boring. I, church, I thought I would fall asleep in church. No, I went to church and I came alive. And then she started going around telling her friends, you've got to check out church. It's the best. This is the best this city has to offer. This is the best thing. It's better than movies. It's better than dim sum. It's better than... So, so this, this girl suddenly became a non-believer, became an evangelist for church because someone said yes to God and say, God, use me. And, 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 and one by one, you know, long story short, uh, 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 through this girl and, and through other people like her and through the other five girls that impacted, long story short, my entire batch of Malaysian friends that went to study in Sheffield together all end up checking out church. Some stayed, some got saved. Some went once and didn't go back again, but they all at least checked it out once. And, and so, so I understand when God says, because God wants to move. And I experienced a move of God when I was in this country. God loves, God, the Holy Spirit wants to move freely. And the Holy Spirit is asking, would, 
would we volunteer to be His vessels? You know, and then God says this, right? And His glory from the rising of the sun. Uh, uh, and, 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 and when the enemy comes in like a flood, how many know that when God's about to do something, the enemy doesn't like it? You know, and so this is maybe an encouragement to you guys. Uh, you know, maybe some of you here, you know, you came to church and go like, Pastor, if only you knew the week I had. It's okay, we're going to talk later over some truths again. Tell me all about the week that you had. But some of you are saying that, Pastor, if only you knew the week I had. I was so down. I was so discouraged. I felt so beaten. I felt so defeated. How many know that the enemy only attacks people that he feels threatened by? And so maybe this is an encouragement to you. God's doing something in your life. The enemy is trying to send, maybe send some, some, some deadlines your way and, and all, all, the, all the, the work that you're doing suddenly, you know, everything that was smooth now suddenly became not smooth, you know. Uh, uh, group assignments suddenly became, you know, group explosions and, and all these kind of things start happening. But it's not because of you. It's not because God has left you. It's because that the enemy is coming like a wave. Because every time the enemy knows that God's going to move, he's going to send in a wave, like a flood, to try to disrupt but praise God, God gives us a solution on how to stand against that wave, how to stand against that flood. And I believe that this solution will also help us to, to grow. You know, in case you don't know yet, you know, I'm believing and I'm prophesying, I'm declaring that as a church, as Acts Church, if you read the book of Acts, Acts was a time where the Holy Spirit moved powerfully. And I sense that God wants to do that again in our church and through our church, in our lives and in our workplaces and in our schools and in our homes and, and in and through our families and God's going to use us and connect us and, and help us to be some so sensitive to the Holy Spirit that the name of the Lord is going to be feared and revered and respected and honoured again in the West. Amen? And, 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 and how God does it. I, I glad, I'm glad that whether it's the strategy for the West or strategy for the East, God has the same answer. And it's the same answer that will also kick back the flood of the enemy. And the, 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 the answer is this. The Spirit of the Lord, praise God, the solution is in the Spirit of God, will lift up a standard against Him. A lot of us, we want God's power, but we don't want His standard. But God is saying that my, my power in you, my move in you, my anointing in you increases when your standard increases. And so I want to help us to grow in our standard of living for God. And as we grow, as we up our standard, you start to see the move of God become more evident and more powerful and more real in your life. And you're going to start seeing your friends around you, you start revering, start loving, amen, moving from fear to love the name of Jesus, amen. And so, as usual, whenever God drops such a heavy thing, I'll be like, God, if I'm going to stand here and tell the church to up their standard, they're going to hate me. But then God pointed me to Romans chapter 12, verse 1. And God says that, you know, it, it's, it's, it's not hard. And I want you to, to, to tell my church this. When it comes to lifting a standard, upping our standard for God, this is God's encouragement for us. I wrote it down. God is encouraging says, when I talk about standards, don't look at what you're missing out. Look at what I have done. You see, the devil wants us to focus on what we're missing out. What if you go to church, you're going to miss out. You know, you, if, you, if you give more to church, you're going to miss out. But then God said, don't, 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 don't look at what you will miss out. Look at what I've done. And then suddenly, it becomes reasonable to live our standards for God. Yeah. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 says this, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Reasonable. I know some of you are going like, that doesn't sound very reasonable. Living bodies, surrender, a living sacrifice. God, I, uh, to, to live holy, acceptable to God, and that's reasonable? God, that's high. That, 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 that's, I don't know what. That, that, that's... That's, that's pastor-level service. That's missionary-level service. That's prophetic-level service. But God says that's reasonable service. You see, when you love someone, everything that you do, no matter how outrageous it is, it's only reasonable. You know, like, like I love Pastor Cat, And she can come back from work and she can tell me, like, you know, as wives sometimes do, and guys can take down notes, you know, uh, uh, you know, you've got to learn to read signs, you know. 
So my wife will come back. Oh, hi, I'm back. You know, I'll give her her, her mandatory welcome home hug. You know, and then, uh, and, and then, and then she'll be, oh, how's your day? We'll ask you other. And then she'll sit down. And it's happened, you know, more than once. Uh, and uh, she won't say anything, but she'll be like, you know, She'll take off her shoes, but then she'll be like, you know, she's sitting there and then she'll be rubbing her feet. And she won't say anything. But then the Spirit of the Lord came upon me and said, your wife is trying to tell you something. And so, and so my wife was saying that, you know, can you give me a foot rub? Guys, this is only for married couples only, okay? Just don't, don't, okay? Mary, Mary, now we've got married couples in church. They see, well, I see the women with their hands. <laughs> Oh, the wives are like, preach it, Pastor, preach it. <laughs> but you see, I, I know I, I can go there and go like, woman, don't you know I, I'm, I'm a servant of the, these hands are anointed to heal the sick. You want you want them to but you see when, when you love someone, that's reasonable. If, if somebody comes to my house and tries to mess with Pastor Cat, if someone comes to, you know, you know, hold Pastor Cat at knife point and so you know. Give me all that, otherwise I'll kill your wife. You know, it's only reasonable that I put up a fight. It's unreasonable to go like, please take my wife, take, take, take. Take, take, take it all, take, take. No, it's only reasonable that I engage in and allow the, the, the spirit of Liam Neeson to come over me and go like, I don't know who you are. But if you let my wife go, I won't find you. I won't hurt you. I don't have much cash, but I can take whatever I have. But if you touch her, I have a set of skills that I've accumulated over years, and I will find you, and I will kill you, you know? <laughs> and then it's like, what? At the moment, it's like, forget Pastor Dave, you know? It's like, you know, this, this, like, yeah, somebody's going to die. And because it's only reasonable, Nobody will look at you, wow, pastor, you killed an intruder in your house. Your pastor, you should have preached the gospel to him. Oh, yeah, 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 definitely. I, I, I asked him to repent as I was choking him, you know. And, but it was only reasonable. Do you know what I'm saying? You see, we, we think, oh, that's, that's extreme. No, it's reasonable when it comes to love. And, and, and how, how was Paul encouraging? You know, he's saying that I need you to, I need you to raise a standard. That's what Paul is trying to tell you. You need to now present this as the standard you need to have. Your bodies, a living sacrifice. Holy, acceptable to God. Come on, up the standard. But, but don't look at what you're missing out. Look at, it says that, I beseech you. Wow, Paul uses such powerful words. I beg you, by the mercies of God. It's old English. We say, I, be, I beg you, by the mercies of God. And we can think that, oh, it's, what does it mean? It means this, I beg you, look at how merciful God has been. And how can we not live that kind of life for Him? How can we live anything less? Look at how merciful God has been. You know, we had a great time at Holmes last week and I told my Holmes this. I said, do you know that if Jesus came and all He did was give His little pinky for the forgiveness of sin, do you know that Jesus has so much power that the shedding of His blood you know, was, I think if, you know, okay, I'm not God, but I can only imagine. If Jesus chopped off his little pinky, Yakuza style, you know, oh, I came to settle the debt of dishonor between men and I, do you know that that, that would have settled the debt of sin? Because there's so much power in even one drop of the blood of the Lamb. There's so much power in the flesh and blood of Jesus. That one pinky can you imagine if that happened, we would not be wearing necklaces with a cross, we would be wearing necklaces with a little pinky. And people would go like, what's with that? Because my God loved me so much that He, God so loved the world that He gave His only little pinky. <laughs> but Jesus didn't do that. Jesus went all the way. And Jesus went all the way for us when we didn't deserve it. Jesus went all the way for us when we were still sinners. Jesus went all the way. So how, how, looking at how Jesus went all the way, how could we live any less? And so God is saying that, come on, teach my people this, raise the standard. And when you raise the standard, the Spirit of God increases so that the wave of the enemy gets pushed back. How many know that God doesn't just bless us to bless us? God blesses us so that we can be a blessing. 
You can push back the enemy, but you know who can't push back the enemy? Your friends who don't know Jesus. And so God's going to give you enough standard that your pushback is not only for yourself, but for your family, for the people around you, and they begin to fear and revere the name of the Lord and begin to move according to how God wants us to move. So, I want to give us three points, okay, on how we can raise our standards to God. Amen? Three points, right? I want you to be, to be motivated by the fact that it's only reasonable. God so loved the world, it's only reasonable that I up the standard for Him. Amen? So, point number one is this. Establish non-compromises in your life. If you want to raise a standard, you're going to start changing your life. And, and I love the fact, let's go back to Romans chapter 12, verse 1. I'm going to show you uh, some scriptural breakdown here. Romans 12, 1. What's the first thing? Your bodies. Paul was trying to tell them the first thing you get right is the physical. How many know that the physical gives birth to the spiritual? Right? And vice versa as well. But if you can get the physical right, it can also lead to a lot of things right. Establish non-compromises. Physical non-compromises. For example, can, can, you, can you not compromise on coming to church? You know, I, I was taught this by Pastor Kenneth when we were students and, we, the, we, and church was even smaller than this in Malaysia. Praise God, God has grown. Why has God grown our church? Because we've been upping the standard. And so, you know, back then we were just 20 campus students, you know, staring at Pastor Kenneth. And Pastor Kenneth told us this, you need to have non-compromises in your life. Certain things you can compromise on. Where to eat, compromise. What movie to watch, compromise. But certain things you can never ever compromise. Don't let church be a compromise. Instead of telling us, if exam is Monday, don't compromise. Go to church on Sunday. You know, don't, 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 you know, even you all go on holiday. Praise God for holidays. Go for holidays. You know, but, but don't compromise on church. Last week, you know, we had a visitor from America. I went to talk to him. I go like, oh, hi, sir. Where are you from? Go, I'm from America. Oh, how do you find us? He just said, oh, I'm here on business trip. But everywhere I go, I like to Google and find a local church that I can worship in. I felt God leading me to worship with you guys this morning, and so here I am. You see, non-compromise. Even on holiday, find a church. Or better yet, plan your church, plan, plan your holiday around church. Plan your church around holiday, or the other way as well. Plan your holiday around church. I know some of you, and I respect a lot of you, and, and you guys do this, not to me, but onto God. You know, that, that you, you go like, I know, for example, I, I won't name drop, but you guys know who they are. You know, but they will go like, yeah, yeah, I want to go to, you know, Slovenia. But let's do a weekday trip to Slovenia. I know so that we can be back to serve in church. And some of them, they can just have flown back from Slovenia or from some, you know, exotic European destination and they'll arrive that morning and they'll be found in the house of God that day because they, 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 they made church a non-compromise. I'm not just talking about attendance. You know, church is not about numbers. But even as I said that, please keep coming to church, okay? Don't, don't, don't say that, you know, Pastor, I've not been coming to church because you said church is not about numbers and so it's okay, you know? No, no. Do you know that the Bible says this, that the church is the body of Christ? And, and sometimes we say, God, how come there's no move of God in my life? It's because there's no body of Christ in your life. Think about it for a while. The Bible says Christ is the head and the church is His body. What moves? The body moves. And so we, a lot of us, we have... The head of Jesus, we worship. Oh, your beard, your glory, you're so wonderful. Your, your, your hair, your crown of thorns. But then we don't respect and we don't revere and we compromise on His body and that's why there's no move. There's no hand of God in your life because you compromise church and God is saying that, you know, come on, have some non-compromises. Do you know that people of other faiths, when they see problem, they run to church? And Christians, God loves us so much, but every time we see problem, we run away from church. Oh, ouch, Right? The moment I, I know, because I used to have a friend, she's a believer today, but she was one time a Buddhist. And uh, she lived in Penang where there was this huge, famous, tall pagoda. And she says every time, because at the time she was the Buddhist society secretary. And so she would take a whole box of 2B pencils, you know, because they were the standard pencils used for high school exams. And she would run out the pagoda. And of course, on top of the pagoda was this monk sitting there, all sage-like, and said, bless the pencils. And then the, the, the monk would do whatever. And then on Monday, she would be giving out pencils to her friends and says, all the best for your exams. Here are some pencils that have been blessed by the monk. I hope this helps. And then the Christian kids I meet, Pastor, I got an exam on Monday, so I can't come. I need to study on Sunday. And other faiths are running up to their temples of worship before their exams. And the, we've got we to stop it. 
<laughs> That's why the world is, is not respecting because Christians are not revering. Christians are compromising. Come on, can you not compromise? You know, God is only asking, come on, church, two hours. Two hours a week. Can you not compromise on that? Can you not compromise on worship? I don't know what theology you believe in, but the, the ex-church does not believe in the theology of the chosen frozen. I'm chosen by God, so I'm frozen by His grace. No! We're set free to worship. Jesus' hands was crucified so your hands can be free. His feet was crucified so your legs can dance. You know, you gotta, you got to start celebrating the, 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 the freedom of God. Don't compromise. I've been to so many churches and some churches I go to speak, I don't even speak the language, I need a translator. But when worship comes on and it's in Tagalog, when worship comes on and it's in Indonesian, I worship anyway. And I might not know how to sing it, but I will dance it out. He agrees. The guy said, preach it. He's, he's, he's honking from the street. Amen, brother. Don't wait for the worship leader to warm you up. It's not about, oh, oh, they're doing the songs again. Oh, it's Henry. Henry's not my favorite worship leader. It's not about Henry. Henry, we love you. Sometimes we come to just, oh, no. And I want to... That's why there's no power. Because you're compromising on the first standard. Do you know that standard is high? You can't, you know, it's, it's, it, you, got, you got to lift it up. I mean, you got to come to church and go like, you know what? I'm not going to wait for the worship team. They can be off key, but, but, but it's all okay for me. There can be no drums, but I don't need drums to worship. I don't need sound and lights to worship. You know, I, I don't need the, 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 the man-made things to help me to worship because God set me free to worship Him. And as you worship Him, that's why there's freedom. That's why there's power in your life. Can you not compromise on that? You know, can you not compromise on praying? Don't be afraid to pray. Some of you are so afraid to pray. Oh, in public? And yet when you go to football stadiums, your favorite team is, is, is playing, you scream like I've never seen you scream before. And yet, prayer, oh, you know, prayer is such a personal thing, you know, it's not right to scream. Yet your favorite team get, <laughs> scores and then you scream. You come to church and you, you say that, you know, I'm, I'm, I, it's not my personality to lift up my hands, but then at Bruno Mars concert, your hands are lifted up. And, and, and guess what? He only sings, I will catch a grenade for you. But Jesus took the grenade for you. Some of you here, you know, Coldplay, Chris Martin comes up. But then you won't even lift your hands in church for the Christ. And he's there, and they were all yellow. Also got yellow by church, you know, a lot yellow. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Hashtag lame, I'm sorry, sorry. <laughs> And yet, nobody, nobody. But pastor, I can't sing. Make a cheerful noise. Today, God has blessed me with singing because maybe somewhere along the line, somebody with a voice didn't want to sing. So God took their voice and gave it to me. But when I first started going to church, people say, I can't sing. So I say, okay, if I can't sing, I'll just make noise. This is how we overcome. Ooh, ooh. Ooh, ooh. And this, this is the only part I did. But I did it on my heart. I make a cheerful noise to God. After a while, when I watched some, you know, uh, 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 you know, rap videos, and I realized, oh, oh rap videos, there's a hype man. Yeah! <laughs> and I started doing that in church. You know? Glorious. Yeah! Shout it out, and Glorious. Come on! <laughs> or, or if you want to go really old school, like the R&B, boys to men, and then every time they sing, you know, and then there's this breakdown, right? Oh! I pray for someone like you. And I thank God that I, that I finally found you. And then it breaks down, oh baby. <laughs> your love is like tender oceans. I can never have enough of you. Oh baby, baby, baby. <laughs> it, 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 come on. God is, isn't it reasonable? If you go like, I can't sing. I can only sing really low. Then do it. And then when it goes like, you know, Whatever, you just go like, oh, Jesus, you're so amazing. The day you set me free, I've been free indeed. Hallelujah. Praise your name. Hallelujah. And then let the people who can sing high, sing high. And then you go low. But, but you got to not compromise. Can, can you not compromise 
when it comes to, I don't know, giving, your tithing. Don't say that, oh, but I, I, if, I, if I give my 10% and left with 90%, that's why there's no miracles in your life because if you give the 10% and you're left with 90% and yet God still uses 90% to accomplish 150%, the, the, the difference is the miracle. And, and then you realize, how, how, how come my friends are blessed? How come there's promotion? How come I don't have and I work so hard? Yeah, tithe. Don't compromise. Running out of time. Point number two, learn to live by conviction. Conviction is going beyond the basic. It says here in Romans 12, 1 again, it starts with body, living sacrifice, and then, he, and then Paul says, then up the game from living sacrifice to holy and acceptable to God. Not to men, but holy and acceptable. Conviction means that, God, I want to live the extra for you because you did the extra for me. All your favorite Bible heroes went the extra mile when they were not told to. Even the ones that you don't immediately think are your Bible heroes. In the very start of the Bible, you have these two brothers, Cain and Abel. God favored Abel's sacrifice over Cain because nobody taught them how to give. They both gave. Cain gave the fruits of his labor, but then Abel gave the first fruits of his labor. God never said, but he gave. And then not only that, he upped it. He says, that, oh, the first fruits are the nicest. And then he says in the Bible, you can go back and read it in Genesis, the first fruits and the fattest. He gave God some fat lambs. And we all, come on, those of you who enjoy lamb, you, it's the fat, right? Am I talking a very healthy church? I know some of you are like very healthy. But you know, and God is saying that, come, no, nobody taught Abel, but Abel gave and God preferred that sacrifice. You know who, who, more obvious Bible hero, David. Wow, do you know the basic, do you know what he was asked to do? Go to the front lines, deliver some cheese and bread to your brothers and son to the officer. Bring back news how your brothers are doing. What did David do? Why did God add in his life? Why did God use him as a standard to push back the flood of the enemy? Because he went the extra mile, because he lived by convictions. He went to the front line, he goes like, I've done the basic. Who's that giant that's trash-talking the army of God? I'm going to take him down. And then we went back, Dad, brothers are fine, and we won the war. Huh? How? Uh, I, just, I just killed him. Who told you? Just, just felt like doing it. Because it's the right thing to do. Because he honoured God. Because I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to stand there and, 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 and let some, some Dumbo giant trash talk God. Our God's name is more precious than that. I will not allow people to besmirch the name of God anymore. So I stepped up. Standard, he raised up. He stepped up and he delivered. And that's why God blessed him. Another favourite Bible hero a lot of us relate to, Peter. Do you know Jesus never asked him to step out of the boat? He just asked, Jesus, is that you? And Jesus says, that's me. And then he went the extra mile. He got the answer, it is Jesus. He goes like, God, if it's you, cause me to walk on water. Nobody asked him to do it. But he went the extra mile. I, I want the more from God. God, I want to be like you. You're walking on water? God, if that's you, can I join? Jesus says, come on over. And he walked on water. The extra mile. God, God, God always rewards us who live according to conviction. Can we give according to conviction? One of the things, you know, I'm, 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 you know Another reason why, you know, and if you come for a church camp, maybe we'll get time to share, but, but God's done so much in my life. You have no idea, you know, who I used to be and, 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 and how God gave, gave me so much worth and purpose. And, and so when I look at God, it's only reasonable that I live for Him. And so even though I was uh, college days, I wasn't a, a rich student, never been a rich student, and, 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 but I wanted to give to God. And God gave me a conviction that I, can, I shouldn't ever give God anything less. At the time, I wasn't working, so I couldn't tithe. I didn't have a lot. I said, God, how much should I give? And God says, uh, you, you decide. And I go like, okay, it's not written in the Bible. How much should a college student living in 2001 give to God? It's not written. And yeah, I asked God. I said, God, I want to give you something that's right. And I, you know what, simple, nobody taught me this, but God gave me this simple math formula. He says that don't give anything less than what, you, what you'll be spending for lunch. Because our church was in the morning, so I know we'll be urgently for lunch. And I know that usually we'll go to McDonald's, and at a time, times were good, value meal was $7.99. And I knew that I would at least be spending, I won't be giving God 7 no, <laughs> not, not in, you can't top 99, it's like 8 uh, But 
I didn't want to give God just eight. I said, okay, God, I will not give you anything less than 10. So I'll give God 10. Some of us, you know, we give God five pounds and then lunch, we spend 10 pounds on ourselves and then somebody says, what about dessert? And then you spend additional eight pounds. And so you come to church and you give five pounds to God with tears in your eyes. And then you spend 18 pounds and 20 pounds on yourself without even thinking. And then you wonder, why is there no move of God in my life? You got to live by conviction. We used to have a student, when he first came over, he says, I used to give 10 to God back home. So I thought, I'll come over here, I'll give the currency equivalent. So I did the exchange rate, and it was roughly about two pounds. And every week, I'll give two pounds to God, but after a while, the Holy Spirit convicted me. And I still gave two pounds, but after a while, I felt like God was hounding me. Every time I gave the two pounds, I felt the displeasure of God. And so in the end, out of fear, I said, God, don't mess with me anymore. He gave what was right. He gave 10, and, and then you start seeing growth in his life. You see, God's not about the money. God's after the heart. God's after our conviction. What's your conviction? You know, I'm just using this as, as a general rule, but, but, but there are other things you've got to ask yourself. You know, when, when me and Pastor Cat were dating, our conviction is we'll never go on any holiday together because we didn't want to send the wrong message to other people. Ooh, two of them go on a holiday. No, 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 no. We're not staying in the same room, no. There's, there's, no, no, there's, there's, there's nothing fishy happening, but people won't ask for your permission before they judge you. And so I love her and I love God too much to go like, and then go like, you know what, baby? It's okay. No holidays. It's fine. Our first holiday will be our honeymoon. And that's why I get to have the testimony. My first holiday was my honeymoon. And, 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 and because you honor God in that, God, God adds increase in your life. It's not just first holiday, it's our honeymoon, but that honeymoon was fully paid for. It was a, how many people can, can say that a pastor had a, a week long, we spent there one week uh, at this five-star resort uh, and, uh, you know, people from all over the world fly there and they spend thousands there and God bless us and everything paid for. We got lost along the way. We almost missed the ferry. and almost ended up having a holiday in a cheap budget hotel, but God provided. Amen. But we laughed along the way because it was our first holiday. And, and, and we get to celebrate it in the, in the purity of marriage. What's, what's your conviction? What, what legacy? We all want to give a legacy. We want people to revere God, but, but are we living out? A lot of people ask me this, you know, people who are dating. Pastor, how far is too far? Tell me, Pastor, where's the line? What can I do? How much hand-holding can I do? How close can I sit together? When you say leave room for the Holy Spirit, how much room is that? <laughs> is, is one chair, is the Holy Spirit, is one chair enough for Holy Spirit? When we, when we hang out Netflix and chill, how, how much of the Holy Spirit needs to be? Do you know that if you keep going on the details, you'll never be blessed? God never went according to the details. Do you know nowhere in the Bible it says that, and the Lord shall bless your bar exams? And yet, on yes, yesterday and Saturday, one of the bar students who had to go for a reset told me, Pastor, praise God, I cleared everything. I'm going to be called to the bar the week after getaway. And I'll be there for getaway. And, and do you know that nowhere in the Bible can, it, does, it find, does it say that God shall bless you? In a bar, bar exam is not found in the Bible. Let's talk about other things. Do you know cancer is also not found in the Bible? yet God heals you anyway. Do you know your scholarship is not found in the Bible? And thou shalt receive scholars, and scholarship shall be given to the meek. The meek shall inherit scholarships. No, no. <laughs> Nowhere is there scholarships in the Bible, yet God blesses you. So God, God doesn't, doesn't look at the fine print before He blesses you. Why do you, look, do you need the fine print to, to, to live for God? Live beyond the fine print. Live beyond the basic. Tell your neighbour, don't be a basic Christian. If you don't understand that, Google basic, the slang, and know what I'm talking about. Last point, because we're going over time, thank you for your patience. Just in case you're thinking, why is my pastor so hard on me? Why is it this? It, it, I, I love you too much to see you stagnate. I love you too much to see you not grow. And, and you got to start laying down some non-compromises in your life, and then you got to build upon those non-compromises your convictions. And then whatever you do is point number three, which is continue to raise the standard. You see, God wants us to become living sacrifices. A sacrifice is dead. A living sacrifice keeps on living and keeps on sacrificing, keeps on growing in their conviction and sacrifice for God. 
And so I, I, I'm glad in Isaiah 59, verse 19, which you see, let's go back there. God's solution is this. He says this, how will I respond to the attacks of the enemy? I will lift up a standard against him. God just says lift up, present tense. God didn't say, say how high. God just says lift up. I will lift up. I will keep lifting up. So God's challenge for us is this. If you want to see a, a stronger move of God in your life, keep lifting up the standards in your life. Nobody ever died from high standards. Let me just put it that way. Nobody ever suffered from high standards. Oh, this plane is too safe. That's why I never crashed. No, no, no such thing. Nobody ever suffered from high standards. And God is saying that, keep upping your standards. We're all on a different journey. Some, some of you, you know, if, just using that example, because I don't want to feel anyone feel like they're judged. Let's say we talk about don't compromise on church and maybe you're thinking, oh, pastor's knocking on me. No, no, no. If you've never been to church, your lifting of standards is going to church once a month. If you go to church once a month, your lifting of standards is going to church twice a month. I told someone who was addicted to smoking before, I said, how much do you smoke a day? He says, two packs. Lift your standards, start smoking one pack a day. And then, and then, then he did one pack. Now lift your standards, start smoking half a pack a day. I know it's, I know it's radical, right? This pastor is allowing me to smoke. Yeah, but smoke less and less. Because when you smoke less and less, less of you, more of God. Lift, 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 lift. You know, do you know that I, I, I can't use my McDonald's giving conviction today? I can't go like, God, how much is McDonald's? <laughs> McDonald's so cheap in this country. $3.99. <laughs> oh, so God, I give you five. No, no, no. So I can't. So I, 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 no, I can't live according to my campus student convictions. Now that I'm a young adult, now that I want to become pastor, I got I to gotta up my convictions. And, 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 and God will bless that. You know, if I got time, I'll share with you how God provided, you know, fully for our wedding. And then we had money to spare. And until today, people still remember our wedding. Just last week, when I was hanging out with Pastor Kenneth and Pastor Sandra, Pastor Sandra said, you know, we still remember your wedding. It was so beautiful. And Pastor Sandra said, and the food was so good. <laughs> of all the weddings, of all the weddings I've been to, and I can say this because she told it to me, as I know it's recorded, but yours is, yours is the best. And I don't think it's the restaurant we went to. I don't think it's, it's the money we spent. I think it's God. I don't know, God just anointed the chef that day and just, he just hit home run with every dish for 50 tables. Every, every, for all 50 tables, 8 courses, 8 times 50, 400 dishes, all on point. And more than on point because people remember it until today. The anointing of God. Because I don't live according to yesterday's. As you grow in your conviction, as you lift the standard, God will increase His anointing in your life. We all want God's power, but we don't want His standard. God is saying that, you know, come on, you've got to up the standard. Can I leave you with this point as we close? Don't fight the devil at his level. That's what God is saying. When the enemy comes like a flood, I will raise up the standard. Don't fight the enemy at his level. When they go low, you go high. And we go to the most high. And we keep loving, keep sacrificing, keep upping. God, how can I please you more? God, I want to I wanna, I wanna grow in my love for you. God, I want to grow in my giving. Last year, I gave this much. That's something, no, just, I'm not robbing myself of blessing, but just want to be real. It's a conversation that me and Kat sit down and talk all the time. Hey, last year, we gave this much. How much should we give this year? And, and, and it, when we first came over here, and when we didn't have much, sometimes those can lead to arguments. I'm just bearing my, my dirty linens in public. And there are times where I go like, Kat, and she say, and at the time, Pastor Kat didn't have a job. But, but I don't have a job. How can, we really give each Sometimes you go out, the students, they, they, oh, it's okay, we're here to love them. I know, but, but we really, but God deserves our best. So you want to give? Yeah, I want to give. But I want to give in agreement because we're married. Fine, I submit. And then now, just today, she say, can you walk me to the ATM? Because I want to withdraw my offering. I'm so blessed now. I'm so happy now, she says. I'm so happy now. I need to withdraw twice to give my offering. I'm like, oh, I was trying to make, well, I was trying to say no. Huh? <laughs> you, you see, you, you grow, right? And then in that growth, God brings the increase. You see, if, if we didn't painfully, sacrificially increase our giving by faith, 
when we when we when we went from double income to single income, when 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 church was small and we were footing all the bills ourselves, if we didn't increase our giving by faith, if we didn't grow our conviction, God wouldn't bring the increase. But because we grew the conviction, there could be further blessing. And now there are more people in church and more givers in church. I'm doing this so that you will be blessed. I'm saying this so that you can go back and, and let this be foundational blocks that will build your faith life. Let's pray. Father, Lord, we thank you. Lord, you have such, Lord, you love us so much, God. And I, I, I thank you, Lord, that even though we are small, Lord, uh, for now, Lord, that you don't see us as small. In fact, God, in your economy, you always use the weak to shame, uh, the, 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 the strong. Lord, you, when it comes to faith, you didn't say you need a mountain-sized faith. You, see, you say you need a mustard seed faith. God, for you, it's never been about the physical. It's always been about the spiritual. And so, God, I thank you, Lord, that even though uh, a young church, you, 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 you have given us a, a desire, a blueprint, a strategy to, to, to be part of your move, to bring reverence and fear back to your name in the West. God, I thank you for this privilege. But God, we don't want to be hearers of your word. We want to be doers. Help us to live it out. God, your strategy, whether it's for the East or for the West, is to raise a standard against the flood of the enemy. Help us to raise the standards in our life, the standards in which, in which we live for you, the standards, Lord. Help us to not compromise, Lord. Help us to build strong. Help us, Lord, to grow from strength to strength, God. But growth can only happen when we begin to build deep. God, help us, Lord, to establish non-compromises in your life. God, help us, Lord, to live by conviction, not convenience. Convenience can never lead to the West fearing your name, but conviction can. And God, last but not least, help us to never stop raising the standard. You demanded living sacrifice, not a one-off, one time. So many of us, we say this, oh, when I was young, when I was in youth, I did this, I did that. God is saying that, what about now? It's never been about one time. Your high school faith is not enough for now. You've got to up your faith and trust God. God is looking for vessels, friends. God is looking for vessels that will empty themselves so that more of Him can be poured into you, so they can contain His vessels, so they can be a vessel of honour for Him. Would you do that today? God, touch every heart here cause this word to burrow deep and germinate in our hearts so that we can live a life that glorifies you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you've been touched by today's message and would like to invite Jesus into your life, why don't you join me in saying this prayer? Lord Jesus, thank you for paying the ultimate price for my sins by dying on the cross for me. I receive your love and forgiveness and eternal life by faith. Come into my heart and life and be my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope that you've been blessed by today's message. For more information about Acts, you can check out www.axchurch.uk. God bless.